All right, let's, uh, let's stand together and we will pray and celebrate. God, we love you. We need you. Pray that you move in our hearts today, God. Lord, do something in us that we can't do for ourselves. We love you and we want you. In Jesus' name. I was lost with a broken heart. You picked me up, now I'm set apart. Cause my eyes follow in your ways. Forever free in the Savior's hands. You are more than my words could say. I follow you. When the Lord sets us free, whom the Spirit has set free is free indeed. And listen, uh, Victoria's going to come this morning. She's going to share for just a minute um, about Celebrate Recovery. It's a ministry we have here at the church for anybody and everybody with a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. So give her your attention this morning. All right. How's it going? I, um, I just want to start off by praying real quick. Lord, I just 
I just come to you in all of everything that you're capable of, of everything that you do. And I am so thankful that you are exalted, that you set us free, and that anything in the past and anything in the future is already being covered by, your, by, by the blood of your son. And I'm just so thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I, um, I want to start by just giving you a little bit of background about me and, and where I'm from, let you in a little bit on a little bit of my past. Well, I have been involved in pageants my whole entire life. I have judged, coached, competed in, all of it. I know the stereotypes, but that's totally cool. I still do it. Um, well, one of the things that's so ironic with pageants is that you actually pay someone to judge you. I mean, you say, you know, hey, here's a hundred bucks. Tell me what you think about me. And that's just how it goes. That's, that's what you do. So somebody may come in with a dress that's totally wrong or, okay, you definitely need to get some highlights done. And so that's the way my brain is wired. How can somebody be better? Well, in October of 2013, I walk in to celebrate recovery for the first time and do the exact same thing. I look around and I immediately judge everybody in there because just being totally real with you, it smells like cigarette smoke and it's a chapel. I mean, seriously, that's what my brain's thinking. This is a sanctuary. This is God's sanctuary and it, it, the whole place just smells like one gigantic cigarette. And I walk in, I sit down and I'm looking around and I'm thinking, I totally don't belong here. These people are not my type of people. These people don't look like me. They don't act like me. I, I even think I thought they don't even think like me, but I'm sitting here. And the reason that I even went in the first place was because a few days before, my husband had told me that he'd been struggling with abusing painkillers. And it's something that my brother had struggled with too, so I was pretty familiar with it, which is why I even went. And about 45 minutes into the group worship, God just totally lays it on my heart and says, you do belong here. These are people that I created in my image, just like I created you in my image. And the fact of the matter is, is that these people can actually talk about what's happened. They can be open and honest and talk about how I have set them free. And you're still hiding stuff. I mean, just God totally backslapping you across the face. That's pretty much what it was. And I continued at that time to go to Celebrate Recovery. I started a step study, and God just started laying things on me, things that I thought, you know, yeah, maybe I've, I've, you know, had this little thing happen, but it's really not that big of a deal. Or, yeah, a couple of things happen here. That's no big deal. You know, just little things, minimizing it completely. And a couple of those things happened when I was a teenager. One, I was 12 years old, and I was molested by a family member. The second one is that I was 19 when I was in California, and I was raped. Both in situations where I thought, I allowed myself to be put in these situations, so it's no big deal whatsoever. And honestly, coming from a family that were strong opinion leaders in a small town, kind of like Tifton, that were very well-respected parents. You don't talk about things like that. I mean, you don't even talk about it if you steal a piece of gum at three years old from Family Dollar. I mean, you just don't talk about it because people are going to judge you. And 
since, since being in Celebrate Recovery, it has showed me that all of this and so much more, being a workaholic, slight control freak, or maybe more than slight, if you ask my husband, um, that God has totally already taken care of all of it, everything that's in the past, and he's already taken care of everything that's in the future, and that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because God's opinion is the only one that matters, and he's already set us free. And a couple of weeks ago, I was at Monday Night Live, and I had Billy Wade, my son, wrapped around me in this um, peanut shell. It's like a peanut holds peanuts in the shell, right? That's what it's for, and that's exactly what this was. He was really, really, really tight. And the band singing, No Longer a Slave, I Am a Child of God. And they're singing that over and over. And while they're singing it, he takes his hands and he puts them on my chest at my neck and just constantly pushing and pushing and pushing away, even though he knows that that he's not going to get out because I have him wrapped so tightly. And it just made me think, how many times does God have his arms always wrapped around us, always? And we are constantly trying to push away from him. Everything's right there at our fingertips that we need. His love, his compassion, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, everything. But all we do is push away. So I just want you to think, what is it that you're trying to push away from? What is it that he wants to heal you from and set you free from, but you're constantly pushing back over and over and over and saying, no, God, when he's got you wrapped tight, he's going to take care of your every need, and you just need to totally give it up and set it free because he's the one that'll do that. Your future, your past, your career, the websites, all the secret addictions, all of it, that he can take it. And so if you need any any help, if you need any extra push, any accountability, that's where I recommend Celebrate Recovery. They have groups for adults. Now we have a teen program. It's for grades 6 through 12. And I know if I'd had this when I was a teenager, even though everybody thought, oh, she's good. She doesn't have any issues. It would have helped me tremendously. So if you're the mom or the dad that's sitting out there thinking, oh, my kid, she's good. She's almost perfect. Or he's great. He's the all-star baseball player. You might want to think again because it might be something that could totally change their life in the future. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's pray together real quick. God, thank you so much. Lord, that we can bring all of our burdens to you. Thank you that we serve a king who has overcome the world. And God, this morning as we think about our own, our own life, God, our own hidden sins, God, Lord, the things that we try to cover up, help us through that this morning. Offer you our highest praise. God, knowing that, that you love us right where we are, God, and you, you desire to do something incredible in our hearts right where we are. God, we offer you this morning our hallelujah, God, Lord, our highest praise. We join this morning, God, with all the angels and the elders and created beings who surround your throne 24-7 for millennia, singing and lifting up the name of Jesus, singing holy, holy, holy. God, we ascribe to you the glory today. We offer you our hallelujah, God, hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah, God. We love you. God, we love you. We love you, God.
to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Aren't you glad this morning that you've been made righteous? You've been made free, redeemed. the verse that says, death, where's your sting? Grave, where is your victory? We serve a risen Savior this morning. Amen? Are you glad that he's alive? That he's risen? You can ascribe glory to his name if you want to. Put those hands together. He's worthy. He's worthy.
belong to him. Not to fear or doubt or shame or the sin of our past. We belong to him this morning. Amen. Bought with a price. Purchased by the blood of Jesus. We belong to him. We belong to him this morning. Aren't you glad that we do?
This morning, so the earlier service, I said, every time I sing this song, I think about this song, I think about the time of the Word where John in Revelation chapter 5, he was standing, you guys have heard it over and over, but he's standing and, and the book was sealed, the book that finality of life, right, the, all the blessing and all the redemption and all the forgiveness, it was sealed in this book and, and no one could open the book. No one. So he searched heaven and earth, and no one could open the book. And Scripture says, John said, I, I began to weep. And then an elder comes in, he, he leans in, and I can see the story kind of pushing like this. And the elder says, hey, 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 John, 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 don't weep anymore. For behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, 
has overcome the world. He has overcome the world. And listen, the next you heard it, and you just, I want you to see it this morning. He said, I turned. You standing, see him standing there. You may be there this morning. You may be in a situation. You feel like it's just locked up. You look at it and you say, I can't see the freedom and I can't see the redemption. There's nowhere I can run, I feel like. Listen, the elder leans in through the power of the Holy Spirit this morning and says, don't weep anymore. For behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, he has overcome the world and he is for you. And then he says this. He says, behold, I turned and I saw one standing as the lamb slain. Can you see him this morning in your circumstance? Can you see him in the midst of your moment, in the midst of your, maybe your hurt or your suffering, your your success or your, your, your heartbreak? Can you see him this morning? Do you need to turn and behold the lamb? Do you need to this morning? Because he loves you. He wants you. He desires a relationship with you. So listen, no matter where you've been, no matter where you're going, no matter what you're walking through this morning, I want you to hear this. I I said it earlier. We're just going to keep going like this. We said it earlier. But in 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 the rush of life, in the hustle and bustle of life, so many times when we think about God and we think about worship, we think about where we are. So many times don't we, we think about where we need to be. Anybody with me in that? We think about where we should be or where we need to be. And there's so many times in the story of God and the, the narrative of our lives with the gospel that we forget this simple thing. And, and I'm just going to spend a few minutes this morning right where we are in the midst of just the sweet presence of the Lord. I want you to hear this, that there is a love of God that passes all understanding. And the love of God this morning reaches to us right where we are. Amen? Right where we are. It's okay. If you want to get a little crazy, you've seen it. We get crazy for Jesus because we've been radically transformed. I want you to hear this verse. Listen. Psalm 36 says, Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Listen. Psalm 139.7 says, Where shall I go from your spirit, O Lord? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I go to the depths of the ocean, Lord, you are there. Listen, no matter where you come from this morning, his love reaches. It reaches. You say, no, 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 TJ. You don't know how big my sin is, bro. You, you, you don't know sin like my sin. Like my sin is deep. My sin is generational. My, my sin is this addiction or that addiction or this person or that person. TJ, you don't really know how dirty my sin is. Listen, the psalmist said, if I'm in the heavens or if I'm in the pit of hell, he is there. His love will reach you right where you are. Can you see it this morning? The lamb standing as one slain, victorious over death and the grave, with arms outstretched to you to receive you to himself. Can you see it? See, we get so caught up so many times in church, falling into the form and the program, that we forget to just take a moment and think about the incredible love of God and that it reaches us. Can you see it this morning? 
I want you to hear a few more verses. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you that has not come into man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Listen, this morning he made a way of escape, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And his love reaches right where you are. I'm going to say it over and over and over until you grab it. There's no sin so great, no stain so dirty, no past so shameful that he can't reach in and redeem it and clean it and then hold it up as a trophy of righteousness for his glory. His love is reaching this morning to you. But not only is his love far-reaching, not only does it penetrate the depths of our heart and our sin, but his love is patient. I want to read you the story. You, you, most of you know it, but from John chapter 20, it said, so the other disciples told him, we're talking about Thomas. The other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands and mark the mark of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Aren't you glad that Jesus comes and stands in the midst of our doubt? See, if it was me, I would say, bro, I just died on a cross for you. You can take a hike, right? If I was Jesus, wouldn't you do that? Like, like I'm not going to wait on you any longer. I've shown you all that you need. But you know what Jesus does? He walks into the middle of his doubt, into his fear, into his resentment for Jesus leaving him. And this is what he says. Here, Thomas, touch my hands. Thomas, would you put, would you put your hand in my side? If that's what you need to believe, I'll be patient with you, Thomas. And Thomas responds in glorious fashion. He says, my Lord and my God. He doesn't have to say anything else. Jesus invaded his doubt, invaded his fear, and breathed life into him. This morning, are you like Thomas, shut up in a room, the rooms of your heart shut up and the, the key locked and hiding away because of past pain or sin or failure or regret? Are you Thomas this morning doubting that the Lord might redeem or resurrect or give you rest or life? Are you Thomas this morning? Listen, if you are, his hands are outstretched. He's offering his side because his desire is for you, for you is to say, my Lord and my God. Not only is he patient in our, our doubt, but he's patient in our rebellion. When we sin over and over and over, when we drop the ball, man, when we just, when we trample his grace and we mock the cross with our lives, Scripture says that, the, that God is slow to anger. He's quick to mercy. See, I, I, I'm quick to anger, and I'm not very good at mercy. So in my context, if you do me wrong, you got a couple times, and then I'm going to kind of cut the cord, right? 
But God, every morning when we wake up, listen, church, I want you to hear it. Every morning when you wake up, his love is so big that every morning his love is reaching out to you. Every morning his love is being patient with you in your doubt and even in your sin. You may be sitting here today and say, TJ, man, this certain sin's been owning me over and over and over, man, and I feel like I can't break through. I want you to hear me this morning. You are not alone. The king of creation, the one whose hands have been scarred with nails, his brow been scarred with thorns, he's sitting beside you, holding you through your brokenness. He's patient with you. You see, TJ, I'm not perfect. Will he want me? Yes. TJ, I still sin. Will he want me? Yes. TJ, I doubt and I have fears. Does Jesus want me? Yes. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm. See, this morning, not only is the love of God, not only is it far-reaching, every corner of the globe, every corner of the galaxy, every crevice of our heart, every hidden spot that we would trap away from everybody in the world, he reaches that spot. Not only is his love far-reaching, not only is it patient, not only does he bear with you in your weakness and in your sin, the love of God always welcomes us home. Familiar story in the book of Luke, chapter 15. There's this young guy. Scholars would say he was early 20s, mid-20s, whatever. He goes to his dad, and this is what he says. He says, Dad, can I have my inheritance? Can I, can I have my portion of the inheritance? Can I, have, you know, can I have the two of your three cars? And can I have, you just direct deposit, Dad, my portion of the inheritance. And, and Scripture says that his dad, loving him, full of grace, gave him the portion of his inheritance. And this is, this is what the son did. Scripture said that he wasted it on riotous living. Basically, good booze and fast women was his lifestyle. That's where he was at. Giving himself, his money, his time away to anything and everything that he could to fill a void and to fill a hole. Anything that would give him affirmation, anybody that would party with him, anybody that would give themselves to him and he could give himself to them, he was up for it. He was the man making it rain everywhere he went. He had his, his inheritance, he had everything he wanted. And you know what, it was an incredible thing. When, when the money was gone and the, the booze was gone and the girls were gone, all the friends left. And Scripture says that this, this son, was, he came to himself standing in the middle of a pig pen. He came to himself standing in the middle of a pig pen. And this is the thought that he had. In my father's house, even the servants have shoes on their feet and they have food in their stomach. I'm, I'm sitting here yearning to eat what these pigs have eaten in my father's house. The slaves and the servants, they have shoes on their feet and they have food in their stomach. You know what he said? He said, now I will arise and go to the father's house. And listen, I think about how many times in my life I've been the prodigal. I've been the one standing in the pig pen by my own doing, giving myself away to a million other things other than the, the Father's glory. And I, I come to myself standing in the pig pen, and you may be there today. 
He may say, TJ, you don't understand the dirtiness like I've been walking in. You don't understand the darkness that I've been walking in. And you're covered in mud. You're covered in sin. You're covered in lies. You're covered in the hiding. The scripture said as the son was going towards the father, oh man. I think about what the son must have been experiencing and thinking, how much fear and trepidation had to be in his heart, man. Can you imagine him trembling, thinking, man, is he going to take me back? I've blown it all, man. He worked so hard for my inheritance, and I I wasted it. I have nothing to show for it. I'm covered in mud. Will Will he even want me? Surely the questions are running in his mind, maybe the thought of turning back, but he pressed on to the Father's house. And this is what Scripture says. While he was a long way off, the Father began to run. And they come face to face in this glorious exchange of grace. And the Father didn't say, where have you been? The Father didn't say, I can't believe what you've done. The son begins to say, Father, I've, I've wronged you and I've, I, I've, I've squandered everything that you gave me. And this is the father's reply. Go get me the best coat in the house. Go, go, go get my ring. Go get some shoes and put it on his feet. Go kill the fatted calf because my son who was lost is now found. He slipped a ring on his finger. The, the ring in that time, it had a signet. And anywhere the son could go, that was a symbol of his identity. It was a symbol of the family crest who his father was. You know what his father was saying in that moment? You are not all of those things you've experienced. Remember whose you are. Remember your name. This morning, I'm, I'm telling you, with all of our filth and all of our grime and all of our sin, the Father, He's running towards us not to level us with wrath like He should, but He's running with a coat of blood stained by Calvary's cross to wrap us up and cover our sin forever. His love reaches this morning. The Father so he wrapped his arms around his son, embraced his dirtiness, kissed his neck, put a coat on his shoulders, a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet, and they had a party. God's love is reaching to you this morning, wherever you are, whatever you've been through. He's patient with you. And you know he is. Time and time again, we fail him. And you know what? Every day, his mercy's brand new. His love is welcoming you home. So this morning, I want to ask you, I don't care if you've been a believer for 30 years, 50 years, or if you're not a believer at all, and you say, man, I just want to surrender to Christ. We're going to offer up our hallelujah again. We're just going to have a time of response. You got the sermon. Now we get to respond. During this response, the altars are open. You can find a corner to pray. I would challenge you. Grab your wife or grab your husband. Grab a friend and say, let's just pray together. Let's pray that we not miss the love of God this morning. That in all the busyness, in all the routine, in all the stuff, let's not miss the love of God. Because the love of God is reaching to us. The love of God is patient with us. And the love of God is calling us home today. 
Let's pray. Father, I have no idea. No idea why you love us so much. No idea why you would reach into our sin and redeem us and reclaim us for your glory, clean us up and set us on display as a trophy of righteousness. I have no idea, but I love you for it. And God, your patience astounds me, Lord. So often we run, just run along in life, and we sin and sin and sin, but you're faithful. Your mercies are new every morning, and you're, you're continually pulling us back and drawing us to yourself. And Lord, I am blown away this morning. That when I was covered in sin, when your sons and daughters were covered in sin and mud and grime, you didn't ask us where we've been, Lord, and you didn't, you didn't hold what we'd wasted over our heads. Rather, you reminded us of who we were. You put a coat on our back, Lord, covered us in the blood of Christ. You put shoes on our feet, and you put us back at the table with the Father. So today, God, I pray for every heart, for every mind in the room, for every son or daughter that may be standing in the pig pen or the one that may have been in the house the whole time. Let us see your love. Let us delight in it. God, we offer you this hallelujah in a time of response. We love you. Yeah. 
Sing it out. Father God, we offer up our hallelujah this morning. Lord, we offer up our highest praise. God, we are astonished that your incredible love and grace would reach into our lives no matter where we are, no matter what we've been through, God. God, that our circumstance is a reflection of your love, God, but your love reaches through every circumstance. God, that your love is patient. You endure with us. God, you welcome us home. So this morning, God, as we, as we just have enjoyed our time with you, God, sitting in your presence, thinking about you, singing to you, Lord, I pray that you would hold that image up in front of our hearts and minds as we leave together, God, Lord, that we see the lamb standing slain, victorious warrior, our king, our savior and our friend. Lord, you've called us your own. You've given us a new name, a new identity. You put a coat on our back and a ring on our finger and shoes on our feet. Lord, let us take the message to the world. God, we love you. And we're grateful for you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. Love you guys.